0: Y'all let our band know how much we appreciate them and how much we miss the worship. Um, one of the things that people ask me sometimes when, when I get to sit down and have conversations is they say, you know, some of the stories that you, you tell on stage, do they, do they really happen? Like, do they really happen? And the answer is yes. So far, so far, I've been doing this for 30 years, never had to make up a story because weird stuff happens to me because God knows I need sermon illustrations. So if we ever start hanging out, um, something weird's gonna happen, and I'm probably gonna talk about you. Speaking of that, Sheena, I'm just kidding. Anyway, I was, I just gotta scare people every once in a while. I was, uh, two weeks ago, in fact, two weeks ago tonight, when we did the baptism right over here and went over 200 people like we were praying for, y'all remember that, we did the baptism, it was awesome, yeah. So. So right before the baptism, I got a nut. No, I got a, like a little alert on my phone because I got one of those security systems that like alerts you, which I don't really like. I'm here, so I can't be there. But it alert. It said my power's off, and I was like, "Oh wow, my power's off. That's that's probably bad." But I'm here. Can't do anything about it. And like 30 seconds later, I got another notification that the power's back on. So it was just it's something tripped. I don't know what happened. If our if our dogs got in the breaker box or I, I don't know. It just went off. Came back on. No problem, right? So we we. We go home, me and Shannon and Karis are in the truck, and we pull into the driveway, and we look, and our irrigation system is on, and it's, 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 it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's, it's watering our lawn, and our grass is so green, and it's, it's, it's perfect, it's, it's hitting everything perfectly, and it's amazing, except for the fact that we, we don't have an irrigation system. <laughs> I'm not making that, like Karis said, our irrigation system is on. And I said, while looking at it, baby, we don't have an irrigation system. And Shannon said, obviously we do. And, and I was like, this is what? Because I've lived in this house for over three years. This thing has never been on, ever. So I spent the next five minutes walking around my yard, getting wet and, and trying to figure out what? Did somebody come and install an irrigation system while I was at church? I mean, what a birthday present, but I don't, what is happening? So I just started calling people. I've got friends in my phone. Everybody has friends in their phone that know stuff that you don't know. I got a lot of friends that know stuff that I don't know. So I just started calling people that knew stuff. And finally, I got one to talk to. I was like, listen, man, I got this thing going on in my yard, this water sprinkler irrigation system. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to turn it off. He said. Walk into your garage, and so I walked into my garage. He said, "Look around. Do you have a box on your wall anywhere?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "There's a box over in the corner." I said, he said, "What does it say on it?" I said, "Rainbird." He said, "That's it." Now pause. I've been staring at this box for three years wondering what the heck Rainbird means. Never opened it. Never looked at it. I was just like, "Huh." Got a box in my garage that says Rainbird. So I go over and open it. It's an irrigation, this thing is awesome. It's got controls and everything. And I was like, I don't know what to do. He said, FaceTime me. I FaceTimed it, Looked. Look, he said, yeah, just unplug it. So I <laughs> unplugged it and it stopped working. And for the rest of the night, I was thinking, man, I had an irrigation system for three years and never used it. Like a couple years ago, my grass was brown. And um, I don't know if y'all, live, if y'all ever heard of an HOA. They get upset when your grass don't look good, and I could have saved myself some problems. But I was thinking about that in preparation for the message this week because just like I was completely unaware that I had an irrigation system and therefore I didn't use it, that's the way it is with a lot of Christians when it comes to the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's there. We're just not aware. We, and the reason we're not aware is because... Um, Maybe we're from a church background that was afraid to teach about him. Or, or maybe we met some people that are weird. And, that's all, and by the way, it, they were weird way before the Holy Spirit got involved in their life. Do not do not blame the Holy Spirit for their weirdness. They're just weird. So I wanna talk to you tonight about the role of the Holy Spirit um, in our lives. And, and I, don't want, I don't want you to get too uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm gonna teach you in what I, I believe is a b- very... Balanced theological perspective. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Jesus, Jesus is in the, in the book of Matthew. John is baptizing people. John the, John the baptizer. And John says this about Jesus, which is awesome and scary at the same time because they were looking at John and they're like, John, you're baptizing people. You're dunking people. That is awesome. And John said, yeah, there's a man coming after me though and his name is Jesus. He said, in fact, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. And then he says this, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I'm gonna be honest, like out of context, that would scare me a little bit because I'm not sure I wanna be baptized with fire. But this is the prophecy about Acts chapter two when the Holy Spirit fell on the group of 120 believers, tongues of fire were seen over the tops of the head of every believer. So when you pray to receive Christ, you get the Holy Spirit in that moment. He comes to live inside of you. If you are a Christian, if you've asked Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You don't have to get a, a second thing going on because, listen, you can't separate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, it's like a package deal. It's like, whoo, got it all, okay? So being baptized with the Spirit is when we pray to receive Christ. But then you can be filled with the Spirit. I love, I love the way Paul said it in Ephesians 5. He said this. He said, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. <laughs> I mean, I know a guy. And, and so I can tell you that part of the Bible is true. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some people say that this is a, a contrast, but I love the comparison because if you compare Wine with a spirit, let's, let's just talk about wine for a second. Let's say, hypothetically, that somebody in this room knows what it's like to have a glass of wine or two. Um, on that second glass of wine, once you get that second glass of wine down, you start feeling a little bit better than you felt before you drank it. Am I right so far? Am I right? Is this too raw for everybody? Okay. Um, you start saying things that you ordinarily wouldn't say. Am I right? You like you just start confessing stuff. You you start it just you kind of get happy, right? I'm not advocating wine. I'm just saying Paul said that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. When we get filled with the Spirit, He kind of takes control. We begin to say things we ordinarily wouldn't say. We begin to think things that we ordinarily wouldn't think. We begin to do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do because we're being filled with the Spirit. Now, being filled with the Spirit is some people, it's all on God. No, nope. God is like QT, he's got all the, like it's the best convenience store in the world until we get Bucky's, I know. But QT, QT's got all the gas, but you can't pull up to a gas tank and sit there and complain that your tank ain't getting full. Because it's got the gas, but we actually gotta get out of the car and put it in the tank, right? I, I, I made this d- discovery several years ago. I used to wake up and I was anxious. I would just wake up anxious, I battled with anxiety. Just for over a year, I was just battling with anxiety, anxiety. And I realized I had this pattern. I would wake up every morning, and I would look on my phone. And I would look at Facebook. I would look at Instagram. I would look at Twitter. We didn't have TikTok. Um, or I would have looked at that, too. I looked at Fox News. I looked at CNN. And I would spend about an hour in bed on my phone. And then I would go spend time with God but I was always anxious. And one morning, I never forget it, I was reaching for my phone and the Lord spoke to me and said this morning, why don't you try me first? Before you engage with the world, engage with me. And what happened over a period of time, I can't exactly tell you how long it was, my anxiety started going away. And my trusted? Because I was starting the day not with this, but in God's word. There's something about the Holy Spirit of God when he refocuses our attention, that's the way to go. So, so I said all that to set up the fact, because some of y'all are like, what about Gideon? Did we forget him? No, we have not forgotten Gideon. Okay, real quick review. The Israelites are being oppressed by the Amalekites and the Midianites with mosquito bites. And they got all these problems. And so they're coming in and oppressing the Israelites. And if you remember week one, we said the Israelites were so freaked out that they would go hide in the, in holes in the ground and in caves. They were literally hiding underground. And we meet this guy named Gideon and Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, which you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You thresh wheat on a threshing floor. It's because it's an elevated position. Wine presses is down in a pit, and Gideon's in the pit, and Jesus comes down to Gideon in the pit. And we said some people are in a pit because they're bad, and some people are in a pit because they're broken. We should never judge people for being in the pit. And Gideon's in the pit, just doing the best he can to survive. And Jesus, who is the word of God, speaks the word of God into him, and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And, and Gideon's like, I don't know, I got some questions. And all of a sudden, this back and forth between Jesus and Gideon, and Jesus just keeps speaking the word of God into him. And the next thing you know, Gideon's like, well, okay, just let me, let me run home and cook a goat and bring it back and see what happens. Remember, he cooked the goat and brought it back, and Jesus hit it with a stick and the fire and, and disappeared. And, and then, so Gideon got his personal relationship with Jesus where it needed to be. And then last week, Um, this was funny. He said, now that you've built an altar, because Gideon built an altar to the Lord, he said, now that you built your altar, go tear down the altar built to Baal and tear down the altar built to Asherah. We talked about that last week. It was so much fun. I had people um, reach out to me and say, hey man, that was a great message, but I'm pretty sure your pastor friends are not gonna appreciate some of the things that you said. And I was like, that's awesome. I don't have any pastor friends, really, and so that's great, but thank you for being, I, so, so he tears down the altar, and remember the townspeople, the, the mob came after him, and they said, we're, we're going to kill Gideon and Joash. Gideon's dad stepped up and said, no, you're not. if you're gonna get my son, you're gonna go through me, and we talked about how our heavenly father fights for us, and, and so that's where we left Gideon last week, and we're gonna pick it back up by telling you that the Holy Spirit Does about three things in our lives. Now, because I'm talking about the Spirit, I gotta connect with my Baptist friends, and we always have three points, and so that's why I have three points. Here we go. Number one, the Holy Spirit prepares us. The Holy Spirit prepares us. Now, the reason I haven't taught a lot about the Holy Spirit in ministry, because what I'm teaching you tonight, I've been teaching and preaching the Bible for 32 years, and I've never taught on what I'm teaching tonight. It's brand new stuff. This is fresh out of the oven. I didn't, this is not leftovers. And it's blowing my mind because growing up, I grew up in a Wesleyan church. We were the frozen chosen. Like nobody talked about the Holy Spirit ever. And then I went to a Baptist church and nobody talked about, the, he was like your crazy Uncle Eddie that shows up at Christmas. You never know what he's gonna do so just don't talk about him and don't acknowledge him. But the first time I had an experience, I put that in quotes, with, a, with the Holy Spirit as I went to my Aunt Myrtle's church in Pickens, South Carolina. We went to a, a sangin'. Not a singing, it's a sangin'. Where people in the church get on the stage and sing. Some are good, some are, they suck. It's, it's just bad. They'll like, The Lord laid this on my heart and she'll start singing. And you're like, you laid this on her heart? Really? I don't think he did. Anyway, so but this band that was on stage, they were good. They were so good. And they had that southern gospel vibe going. They were singing I fly away and everybody was clapping. And there's this man, I was I was here, my dad was here, and I was standing next to one of the deacon guys. That's what they called him. I didn't know what that meant, but he was he was in a dress shirt and every button was begging for mercy. If you know what I'm saying, it was just like barely holding on, and he was sweating through it and he had he had that red face and and all of a sudden, right in the middle of the song, he just stuck his hands in the air and he went, Woo! And took off running. And the, and the man behind me took off running with him. And they literally started doing laps around the church. And there's this little old lady up front. She couldn't run, but she just started doing this in place. And I, I looked at my dad. I said, what is happening? And he just put his hand on me. and said, son, the spirit's on him. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't want none of that. I don't, like I, if it hit him, it might hit me next. So can I move over there? Can I? Because... I thought the Holy Spirit was... I went to a friend's church one time when I was in high school. There's like 30 people in the church we're singing and all of a sudden this woman stood up and taught in tongues. I'd never seen that before. I didn't know what that was. Everybody got quiet and it was so quiet that everybody heard me say when I turned to my friend, I said, what's she say? He said, shh. I said, no, what's she say? He said, we're waiting on God. I was like, is he... All of a sudden, the lady next to her stood up, and she said, I am the Lord God Almighty. And I went, the Lord is short and old. What is happening right now? <laughs> and see, some of us have had that experience, and so we're like, ah, oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I believe in the Holy Spirit, but does he make you weird? Or and listen, he absolutely is, we, we've got him if we're Christians. But tapping into his power is un real, when we discover what he can do in our lives. He prepares us. He prepared Gideon. I'll show it to you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what happens with Gideon. So, the Bible says, Soon afterwards, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Now, this is the reason this is so cool is because this, hap- this had been going on for seven years. Every seven years, they would, the enemy would gather together. Every seven years, the enemy would invade. Every seven years, the people of God would go underground. Every seven years, the enemy would come in and steal and kill and destroy from the Israelites. It happened, and so everybody was running and freaking out and digging holes and getting in caves, but the person that was willing to stand and able to stand was a man named Gideon, as we're gonna see in this text. And you know why he was able to stand? Because he was so awesome? No, because God had prepared him for this right here. Pastor P, how did God prepare him? It's real simple. He met him in the pit. He spoke the word of God into him. He brought him out of the pit to the place where he built an altar. He tore down other altars. And then when a mob of townspeople came against him, God defended him. Through his father. Now don't miss this. In this passage, it's not a mob of townspeople, it's three armies of nations. And that's the reason the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is so important. Because as as Bishop T. D. Jakes put it, new levels bring new devils. And if we're gonna go to the next level in our life, we're always gonna face more resistance. Why it is so essential to allow the Holy Spirit to prepare us and pre- prepare our hearts and our minds. By, like, like, what is he preparing in you right now? What's he preparing you for right now? Because I'm, I'm telling you, if we're gonna take a step forward in our walk with Jesus and in our church's walk with Jesus, we gotta, we gotta be prepared to face opposition. I, I talked about it last week and I had a lot of people reach out. It was really cool. With very, very overwhelmingly inc- encouraging comments about, I appreciate you taking a stand on the transgender issue. I appreciate what you had to say. And that's really cool, but I, I wanna make this clear. I wanna make it very clear. Um, it's, it's not a left or right issue. It's not a Democrat or Republican issue. It's a evil versus good issue. That's what this is right here. This is, this is, this is evil versus good. And so I feel like God has been preparing our church to take a step, and the way he's been preparing us and the way he prepares you is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe, maybe, maybe a question that you could just ask God at some point this evening before you go to bed is Jesus, what are you preparing me to do? What's that next step you're preparing me to take? Because the whole time with Gideon in the pit, the altars, to go, everything. It was preparation for him to step up and lead the nation into battle. And if he did it with Gideon, he'll do it with us as well. Number two, the Holy Spirit empowers us. Holy Spirit empowers us. I, nearly, I would say, I would say, probably half of the people in this room, maybe half. I don't know. How many people are? Don't talk to me unless I've had a cup of coffee, person. You're like that. Would you raise your hand? Would you? Okay. I mean, you're sitting next to the person that should be raising their hand, and they've been mean to you. And okay, yeah, 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 that's great. So, I didn't drink coffee in in high school and in college. I didn't, because it wasn't cool. Like, it's cool today, because we didn't have Starbucks. I remember the first time I went to Starbucks, I was behind somebody, and they're ordering, they're like, slap it, whip it, smack it. And I'm like, is this a Cardi B? So, anyway, just think about it. So, I I didn't. I've had people come up to me, what do you do? I'm drinking coffee. I'm like, that's a milkshake. What do you call that? A Frappuccino is $17. Oh my gosh, I drank coffee when it was 50 cent and you got unlimited refills. So I didn't, I didn't drink coffee until my sophomore year in college. I was trying to stay up for an exam. My sweet mate came, he said, he said, you having trouble staying up? I was like, yeah. He said, let's go get some coffee. I was like, man, I don't drink coffee. He's like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, it'll help you. I said, where are we going? And we went to a restaurant if you're from Anderson, you've been here for a minute, you, you know about this restaurant, it's called Stewart's. Anybody know Stewart's? Now, it's not here anymore because everybody that used to eat there is now dead <laughs> because they ate at Stewart's. You, when you walked into the room, you got cancer because of the smoke. You, like, it was like two packs automatically right when you walked in. And then the, the grease from the stove would come get in your arteries and just clog you up. It was, it was bad. And so I sat down and I was like, what do I do? He's like, just, just drink it. I was like, do I put cream and sugar? He's like, no, no, I'll drink it black. I was like, okay. So I started drinking coffee. And I was like, how long do we drink it? He said, let's just drink, have a couple cups. Well, then some friends came in and we sat there for two hours. Not making this up, I drank 11 cups of coffee. And I was jacked. I was like, woo! I stayed up. I stayed up all night, but I, I was like, let's, 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 let's paint. Let's, let's rearrange the, the universe, like I was wired. And all of us have had to have that, that jolt, that boost. What the Holy Spirit does for us is he empowers us. Now, I'm gonna show you this. And as you grew up in church, you've never heard this before. You've never heard what I'm gonna teach, but I absolutely love it because it demonstrates the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you're ready for it. So watch this. So here comes the armies. The Israelites usually run and hide, but then there's Gideon. And what does Gideon do because he's been prepared? Watch this. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Don't you love that? And no, notice this. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. Don't miss this. Last week, he got 10 people to go with him to tear down, the, tear down the idols, and now he's got an entire army, which is just a reminder of God saying, if you're faithful with a little, I'll give you more. And not only that, watch this, he got some more people involved. He, he also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, that place that I can't say, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. He, the Holy Spirit empowered, empowered Gideon, and that same Holy Spirit empowers us today. Now, let me tell you why that's important. Tell you why it's important. The reason it's important is because the power of sin is strong. Like, have you ever done something that you know you shouldn't do? In fact... Let's just be real honest. Have you ever done something and said, this is the last time? This is the last drink. This is the last time I'm gonna use. This is the last time I'm gonna watch porn. This is the last time. But you told yourself that, and it was a lie. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's because the power of sin is strong. Am I right? Let me tell you why it's so tense in this room right now. Let me tell you why it's tense. Somebody in this room has a secret. Somebody in this room has an addiction. And you believe the law of the enemy for far too long. You believe this is who I am. My daddy was like this. My grandfather was like this. My mama was like this. My grandma was like this. This is just in my family. This is who I am. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the power of sin is strong. Because sin is fun, isn't it? Oh, my God. (laughs) Y'all aren't that churched, are you? No, you didn't do it right then because if you do it right, it's fine. Power of sin is strong. And you know how I know people str- struggle with sin? By the way, I'm, I'm right there with you. I struggle with sin too. I struggle with sin. Everybody struggle with sin? You know how I know people struggle with sin? It's because of the questions people ask me. You would be amazed at what people will tell you by the questions that they ask. For example, this is one of my favorite. Pastor Pete, is it a sin for a Christian to blank? You know what I've discovered? Nearly every time somebody asks me that question, they want to blank. <laughs> I started asking a question. I'll answer your question. Tell me why you're asking. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, we, we should do a series, asking for a friend, all right? Pastor P, is it a sin for a Christian to blank? Because... What we kind of want is we want permission. When we start looking at the Bible to find the loopholes so we can get through, that's, that's, that's not the right heart. And I say that as somebody that's done it before, okay? So the power of sin is strong, but the power of God's word and God's spirit are stronger than the power of sin. We just gotta tap into it over And over and over again, I will prove to you how powerful the Word of God and the Spirit of God is. And we'll do it by telling you about a story. If you grew up in church, you went to Sunday school, you didn't see this on flannel graph because it's uncomfortable. There's some uncomfortable stories in the Bible that we do not teach children, and this is one of them. There's a judge a few chapters after this named Samson. We know him, that he went to the satanic salon and got the haircut from hell. And, um, and this is what happened to Samson. Watch this. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. I'm just going to go ahead and call this a bad day. Right? Like, you think your day was bad? You weren't walking down the road? I, I got, I've been attacked by a dog. I've been attacked by a cat one time. It's a whole different story. It was a children's illustration that went bad. Um, but but a lot, that, that right there, your, your day is not just ruined. Your day is over if a lion attacks you. But watch what happens because this is insane. At that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he prayed for the lion, dear God. Bless this lion's heart. He sang a song to the lion. Hell, hail, lion of Judah. Like, like, no, what, what did he do? The Bible says he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. What the actual, like, He's walking down the road. He's like, get off me, lion. And his mom and dad are like, I think he's juicing, baby. I think he's on something. I think he's on something. You need to talk to him. You need to have the talk. And then this is what bothers me. I don't know if y'all see stuff like this in the Bible. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. Like, was goat ripping a thing back then? Did they just walk around and rip goats apart? I don't know. But for some reason, this is in the text. Now, why out of all the things that we could know in the Bible, why does God want us to know that right there? Because nobody's gonna leave here tonight, walk out of your car, a lion jump on you, and you just rip it apart. Like, why is that in there? That confused me for years. I would read that story and be like, that's great, but I don't know what's in there. And then one day I'm reading, um, there's a guy named Peter that followed Jesus. He wrote a couple letters in, in the New Testament called First and Second Peter. And in First Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the only reason he could devour a Christian is we don't tap into that power of the Holy Spirit inside of us because we have, we have the ability to tear him apart the same way Samson tore the lion apart. And don't miss this. The Bible didn't say he is a lion. The Bible says he is like a roaring lion. See, God creates, Satan counterfeits. He's like, he's always, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Satan is trying to be like a lion, but he can't be a lion because Jesus kicked his teeth out on Calvary. And because Jesus kicked his teeth out, he can roar. But the only, way, the only way he can devour us if we're Christians is if, if we let him, is if we let him. Which leads to the third point. Third point is the Holy Spirit guides us. And I'm so thankful for this. I, um, my mom and dad used to take, when people tell me about a road trip, they're like, oh, let's take a road trip. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. Where are we gonna go? Asheville. I'm like, that's not a road trip. My mom and dad. Like, I know road trips because we went from Easley to Los Angeles every year. Four days, three nights, sitting in the back of the car. Heidi went with us one year. And I think we loved and hated each other like 17 times by the time we got there. We, we would read books. We didn't have any gaming systems. We didn't have any phones. We didn't get to tune out. We just had to sit there and listen. We, we Get near a big city and you could pick up a radio station. And when we didn't pick up a radio station, we listened to an eight-track tape player. Hello? That was a road trip. And we had these, some of y'all remember, there was these things back in the day called maps. <laughs> Dora used to sing about them. It's the map, it's the map, it's the map, it's the map. I'm like, dear God. Anyway, so you remember the map? you get out the map you'd find the street and you always have to stop and ask directions. Hey, um, I'm trying to get to... Trying to get to Highway 87. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, now, go down yonder, about three or four red lights. You're going to take a right next to Mr. Thompson's house. you got the green mailbox. Always, they were always right. And, and so you just had to guess until seven, when the internets came about, we got MapQuest. Y'all remember MapQuest? MapQuest was awesome when it was awesome. But it only worked about 50% of the time. It would get you to your destination or... It, you would wind up, like you'd be going to Florida and wind up in Idaho, and you didn't know how, like it was so far off. But now, but now, now, we got the, we got the, got the little maps in our phones. Whether you use Waze or Google Maps or Apple, I use my, my Apple Maps next, next Sunday night. I'm gonna get my truck, and me and Shannon, we gonna put the little destination, and boom, we're on vacation. And this lady, she's so sweet, she's gonna tell me the directions. She's going to tell me how long it's going to take me. I beat her every time. <laughs> and every once in a while, I miss a turn. And she don't yell at me. She don't get mad. She don't scream. She don't call me an idiot. She just says, recalculating. Because I miss a turn or I'm, I'm you know, because sometimes you miss it, recalculating. Now, the reason I say that is there some people here tonight? Maybe you're a Christian, but you're in pretty deep. That habit, that secret, that addiction. And the lie the enemy wants you to believe is that you're too far gone. When in reality, the Holy Spirit, if you'll listen to him tonight, he's speaking to you and he's saying, recalculating. It's not too late to get back on track and do the right thing. He guides us. Don't you love that? Watch this. This is is so beautiful. Then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, pause. Do you see see some doubt in that phrase? This just means we doubt every every step of the way in our faith. It doesn't mean we're bad. It just confirms we're human. We say that all the time. He has already torn down altars, led a group, overcame a mob, blown a horn. He's got an army behind him, and he's like, all right, guys, y'all hold up for a minute. Hey, um, are we, are, like, 100% sure about this? So, so he's got a little doubt. And if you got doubt, don't feel bad about it. Just tell God, I'm having some, I'm doubt, God, I'm having some doubt issues right now. Watch what he said. This is mind-blowing. Prove it to me this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. I used to hear hear Christians say, I'm going to put out a fleece. I'm just putting out a fleece. And I was like, I do not know what that means. We say weird things. Talk about that next week. We say weird things. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. Now, I just read over this for years until I was in Israel um, several years ago and I was on Mount Carmel with my friend Arieh. And Aria was teaching about Elijah on Mount Carmel. And he said, remember it didn't rain for three years and Elijah prayed for rain and the rain fell. But in 1 Kings 17, if you wanna go back and look this up, Elijah said there will be neither rain nor dew in the land for the next three years except at my word. Now, the reason dew was mentioned is because in that area, especially in Israel, dew is responsible up to up to 40% of the precipitation that falls. Now, the reason that matters so much is because in the Old Testament, whenever rain would fall, rain was symbolic of the Holy Spirit falling. Rain was symbolic of revival falling rain so you can't disconnect dew with the rain now here's something I know about do it's mysterious I read four articles this week out of scientific journals trying to figure out how to explain do and after reading those four articles I feel dumber than I did before, because I, I don't know. It gets hot and this happens and the temperature. You know what? It, this, nobody really knows how it's formed. Nobody's ever, like when somebody leaves your house, to, like somebody comes over to your house at night and they get ready to leave, nobody goes, hey, be careful, it's doing. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's doing, just do everywhere. Nobody's ever been driving down the road and called and said, I'm gonna be late, it's doing, it's doing everywhere, it's doing all over the place. Nobody has ever said that. We just go to bed and wake up and they're just do. Am I right? Now, the reason this is important is because what he's asking is, God, I just need, I just need to see your spirit move right here. Make it so clear and so real to me by the power of your spirit. I just need to know this is the step you want me to take. And that never upsets God. Never upsets him. When when we ask for him by the power of his spirit to make it clear. Because watch what happens, because this is so cool. Oh, by the way, just by the way, I almost forgot this. When we met Gideon, where was he? This isn't a trick question. He was in the... But now, all of a sudden... He's on the threshing floor. He's where he should have been all along. Sometimes God brings us from the pit to the threshing floor and we didn't even notice how far he's brought us. He's just been so good to us. It, some people tonight need to just pause and celebrate your progress because you're not where you need to be, but you ain't where you used to be. Let's keep going. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Watch this. And that's just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Isn't that cool? God didn't just sprinkle the fleece. He was like, oh, you want to know? I'm going to let you know. And you would think that's enough. But Gideon was like, oh. He said to God, Please don't be angry with me. Pause. Anytime somebody starts out a sentence with that phrase, you, you just get ready to murder somebody because please don't be angry with me. Your kid, please don't be angry with me. What'd you do? I backed into the mailbox. Please don't be angry with me. I'm going to be late, right? Please don't be angry. What'd you do? I I let the cat out and it ran away. Well, actually, I'm gonna give you some money. Praise God for that, right? But please, have you ever had somebody, ask, can I ask you a question and you not get mad? I have no idea where this is going. So he said, God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Now let me pause. When he said this, he meant it. He didn't ask for confirmation for the next 15 years. He's like, okay, just, just one more thing. And watch what he asked for, because this, so, this is so beautiful. So let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. Don't miss this. So God, you've made it clear to me in this section of my life. Now I want you to do an undeniable work all around me that I can just, everywhere I go, I'm just walking in it. And this, to me, it, it got me thinking, what if we began to pray like Gideon prayed and we said this, Jesus, may you make the power of your Holy Spirit so real in here and in here. What would happen if we as individuals said, Jesus, make your Holy Spirit so real in here here? and in here. That changed the world one time. And I think it could happen again. And watch what God does. God said, oh, you wanna see my spirit move? You've seen it happen personally, now you're gonna see the spirit move. So that night, God did as Gideon asked, and the fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. I think that's absolutely Amazing that, that Gideon, when we meet him, is in a pit. But then because of the word of God, and he gets to the place where the spirit of God, don't miss this, the word of God, and the spirit of God enabled him to accomplish the will of God. And he did it with some doubt, and he did it with some tension, and he did it with some, maybe some, some disbelief, but he did it. And you can too. By the word of God and the, and the spirit of God, you're not stuck. You can overcome anything this world throws your way. I know this because I went to, oh gosh, I guess this was a couple weeks ago too. I went to an event, um, a friend of mine, she's been clean off of meth for 10 years. And her husband threw her a party out. They asked me and Shannon to come. And so we went, it was was so awkward at first because we were supposed to get there at 6.30 and I thought it was six. So we sat there for 30 minutes, thinking nobody's coming to this party. It's my fault, not hers. And all of a sudden all these people came in the room. There was this dude that I recognized. I've known of him for, 30 years. I met him for the first time 20-something years ago and we kept in touch, but I hadn't seen him. He reached out to me back in 2016 when everything in my life went south and he texted me some encouragement. And but he lives in Georgia, and I didn't even like when he walked in, I was like, I think that might be. And he came up to me and he called me Brother Noble. And I knew that's because he's he's Baptist, he's a good guy, but Brother Noble, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing good, brother. And so we had the event. I I think Shannon and I just about dehydrated that night because people were standing up and giving testimonies. It was so beautiful and we're getting ready to walk out and this guy pulled me to the side and he said, hey man, I need to tell you something. And I never know where this is gonna go. I'm always getting nervous. I break out in a sweat, I start fidgeting. I was like, what is it? And he said, I love your comeback story. You've got an incredible comeback story. You keep going. I just say yes, sir. I'm laying in bed that night, and I'm thinking, I don't have a good comeback story. The only reason that I have any story to tell is because when I was in a pit, the Word of God and the Spirit of God met me there. And the reason I have a comeback story is because I follow a man who 2,000 years ago was born of a virgin in a town called Bethlehem and was raised in a town called Nazareth. And at the age of 30, he started a ministry where he did miracles and he taught things that nobody had ever heard him teach. And three years after he started his ministry, the government officials and the religious officials murdered him. They put him on a cross and they killed him and they thought it was over. But three days later, he rose from the grave. Now that's a comeback story. And the reason that pumps me up is because the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus, who was the Word of God, when the Spirit of God hits the Word of God. When the Spirit of God hits the Word of God, when the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, that means the same Holy Spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead lives inside of you if you are a follower of Christ, which means you are not stuck in a pit. You are not stuck in addiction. You are not stuck in anxiety. You are not stuck in depression. You can come out if Jesus came out of the tomb, You can come out of that pit. Let's lift him up. Let's sing tonight from our hearts. When you move, when you move, when you move, we move. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you so much tonight that because you, your comeback story means we can all have a comeback story. Right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, Ask, ask Jesus, right where you stand. Jesus, fill me with Your Holy Spirit. Jesus, more of Your Holy Spirit. If there's something that you feel like you don't have power over, an addiction, an issue, right now, right where you stand, just ask Him for help. More, Jesus, I want more of You. I want more of your word. I want more of your presence. I want more of you. Because he can, he, by his power, you can overcome. If you need to talk to somebody about what you're wrestling with, we have a care team available every week. And all you got to do is step out of your aisle and walk out the back exit doors and there will be people back there that will pray with you, that will pray for you. And they're mov- you, people are moving so you can go right now. You can feel the freedom. Just, if you want somebody to be If you wanna be prayed for, you just go right now. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never prayed to receive Christ. If you don't have Christ, you have no power to overcome anything that this world throws at you. But in Christ, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if you know tonight, your next step is to pray to receive Christ, then right now, right where you stand, I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer and ask Jesus to come in your heart. And I'm gonna ask you to say this prayer out loud so you will you can remember this night. But here's the deal, you don't have to say it alone. Our whole Second Chance family is gonna say this prayer with you so you will know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by other people. So if you know you need a relationship with Jesus tonight, I want you to pray right where you stand. And I want you to say this, just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Come in and take over. I give everything to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ to come into your life, I wanna pray with you and I wanna pray for you. So if you just prayed that prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed, will you do me a favor? And just put your hand up in the air and keep it up for amen praise god anybody else amen keep them up thank you sir amen anybody else all over the room i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking god thank you so much for the hands in this room thank you so much jesus that every single sunday we get together that you save lives you change us and father i thank you for those who raised their hands tonight who literally just crossed over from death to life they're brand new in you thank you for that jesus And Jesus, thank you that tonight, I feel somebody in this room got a dose of hope. Somebody in this room knows they can have freedom. Somebody in this room knows that the power of your word and the power of your spirit is greater than anything that comes against us. Because like we said earlier, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And everybody that agreed with that said amen and amen. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Me too. Y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all next Sunday.